Hi everyone. This morning uh, we've just celebrated communion and uh, I, was ref I knew that it was going to be communion when uh, I agreed to do today's service. So I was reflecting on that and also on something that's been speaking to me quite a lot over the last um, 12 months. So Sam, if you could change the slide for me to the second one now. Um, so on the evening that Jesus uh, celebrated the Last Supper with his disciples, we know that having celebrated the supper, they went out for a walk to the Garden of Gethsemane. And it's in that setting, so immediately following that time of uh, celebrating the Last Supper together, that we find Jesus um, desperately needing to seek his Father in prayer. And he pours out his heart to his father as he anticipates the horror of the cross that we've just been thinking about and remembering. He also, as we know, craved the support of the disciples. They went along with him into the garden and particularly this closest circle, Peter, James and John. He wanted them to pray with him. He asked them to pray with him. And we know that, unfortunately, none of the disciples, nor Peter, James and John, were up for the, the challenge. They all fell asleep. And so Jesus kind of had to meet the challenge on his, on his own, in a way. Although we know that the angel came and strengthened Jesus and helped him in that most crucial of battles where... He, in a sense, perhaps was at his most, what we might term, human. That he knew the, the horror that he got to face and he got a square up to it. And it was a, a, a severe challenge to him. Um, and he came through and we know that he said that, you know, he would bow to the Father's will. He would make the Father's will his will and... You could say, and the rest is history. Um, I, I sometimes almost feel as though the garden was the crucial moment in many ways. If he had failed in the garden, that would have been it. So we've just shared communion together, just like Jesus and the disciples did. And so I want to issue to you the same challenge as Jesus issued to his disciples. Will you pray with me? Will you pray with me? In the days that stretch ahead of us, we've got through January. <laughs> we've got through January. So now we've got the rest of the year spreading out in front of us. Will you pray with me through the year that is ahead? So um, on the screen, um, we've got the verse that Mark quoted last Sunday. All right. And, and when, when I was thinking about this in the week, I don't think it's, you know, irrelevant. I think it's one of God, those God incidences that we sometimes talk about that Mark spoke on this last week and I, I, this message was already prepared. What I wanted to emphasise is that it's God, the God of Bethel, who is able to do immeasurably more. The God of our Bethel here, who is able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine. 
according to the power that's working in us. So I thought that I needed to include that to like link the two messages, if you like, together. But going on from there, my thoughts this morning are really based on things that I wrote in my Bible study journal during the course of last year. Words that have spoken to me first, I'll bring to share with you in the hope that they will speak to you and encourage you today. So number one, new slide please, Sam. I prayer is personal. In Psalm 33, verse 18, we read that the eyes of the Lord are on them that fear him and hope in his mercy. And we've got two small children, smallish, getting big boy now, aren't you, Jacob? But when we've got our small children, like Jonah, all right, we are always ready. Our eye is on them all the time. Right, so that if they get into trouble or into some mischief or find that they have something that they need, we're, re we're there, ready to deal with the situation. And th this is true of God. His eye he is on us as we fear him and trust in his mercy. And the second verse, 1 Peter 3 verse 12, says that the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayers. Now, this verse, above all others, I think, in the last 12 months, have been a real encouragement to me. And it, again, another God incident. Guess what was quoted by Mark at the start of the Zoom prayer meeting this week? This verse. I'm thinking, Lord, you tried to tell us something. The reference of God's eyes and ears kind of really emphasise, don't they, his personal interest. Uh, in English, we talk about personification, do we not? All right. Okay. Now, we know that God isn't a person like we understand a person. But the biblical writers have given these attributes to God in a to help us understand what God is like. So God is looking at us as we pray. God is using his ears to hear us as we pray. And the two things, really, I wanted to say about this. It's mind-boggling, isn't it, really, when you think about it, that God is able to look and hear the prayers of millions of people all at the same time. That, that in what is one amazing thing. How does he do it? Well, because he's God, obviously, right? But then the, the next sort of layer to that, if you like, is uh, it's even more incredible when he's actually looking at just you. Because the Bible obviously infers that, right? That God is looking at you. And casting his ear towards you as you pray. So there is that sort of personal interest in you as an individual and, I might say, to us as a group when we're here in church or whether it's on the Zoom prayer meeting over our computers. God doesn't care <laughs> in that sense how it is. His eyes are still on us and his ears are still open to our prayers. So prayer is personal. 
The next one, please, Sam. Prayer requires persistence. Now, I'm sure you all realise this. All right, we have to stick at it. We have to stick at it. The story of the persistent widow in Luke chapter 1 was Jesus actually specified the reason for telling the story because in verse 1 it says, then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and never give up. Now, the idea of the story wasn't to make it seem that, that God was like the unjust judge. That's not the point of the story at all. The point of the story is what Jesus said in that first verse, to tell people that they should keep at it. Keep asking, keep asking, keep asking. The Bible, next slide please, Sam, is full of examples of people who were like this, who pursued God, pressed into God, kept asking God. But because we've just gone through the Christmas period, this was one of the verses that I was looking at over the Christmas period about Elizabeth and Zechariah. They were what we might term persistent prayers. We know from the story that they prayed for a child for many, many years without any response seemingly from God. And of course, for especially for Elizabeth, that would have been a very difficult burden to carry in the day that she lived. It's bad enough now. Uh, but for her at that time, it was a disgrace to her not to be bearing children. So she really must have felt it. All right, but eventually it was finally it was the time for that prayer to be answered. Why? Because at that point it became the right time in God's plan for them as a couple. But in some ways, more importantly, it was also the right time in God's plan for the bringing of salvation because of the two babies, if you like, that are wrapped up in that story. John the Baptist in the first instance for Elizabeth and Zachariah, but also the fact that John the Baptist proceeded and made the way open for the baby Jesus story to begin. So just let me say this. When we pray, just let this sink in for a minute. This is something I've read somewhere. It says, God hears more than you say. The words come out of your mouth, but that isn't all that he hears. God hears more than you say, answers more than you ask, and gives more than you can imagine. Going back to Mark's verse again. And he does this in his own time. And in his own way. And it's oftentimes the time involved that we really struggle with, isn't it? I know that I have many times in my life struggled to know why it is that God hasn't intervened and answered sooner. Well, Elizabeth and Zechariah's story gives us that clue that it has to be at the right time for God's plan for us and his larger plan in general. So if God is making us wait for whatever it is 
that is our dream, that is our vision, then we're in good company. There are plenty of people, even just in the story of the Bible, apart from the stories down through history, who had to wait for that time to come. But God, remember this, God is still working on your prayers in his own timing. So the recommendation here is to keep stacking up the prayers. Be persistent. I even uh, even um, read something this week where it said, imagine, you know, setting up um, a domino thing and eventually you get to that, the, that, that domino that is going to be the one that triggers it all. That, that's kind of what, what this is coming from. That's, you know, God is, it wants us to be persistent like the widow, like Elizabeth and Zechariah. Next slide, please, Sam. Um, we, I'm sure lots of you down through the years have been given different little memory things. These are acrostics that are on the screen at a moment for helping you with your prayers. We've, we've mentioned this quite often on a Thursday night, the push, pray. Pray until something happens. That, that really underlines that element I've just been talking about of persistence, hanging in there. Keep praying. Pray until something happens. Another one that I've come across this week is using the letters of the word pray is to pause and be quiet and still instead of just rushing in like a whirlwind to God's presence. Pause, find something to rejoice in first and then get to a place where you can ask and then finally to actually yield your will in the matter to God. So that's, that's another one. There are lots of others. I'm sure you know some of them yourselves. John Wesley, famous um, evangelist and preacher, when he um, lived, he believed in the power of prayer and he was quoted as saying this, and I think this is really important. It says, God does nothing except in response to believing prayer. It's almost as if um, prayer is the, the, the thing that turns God's hand to, be, to do his work. He's looking for us. So like a father looks to his child to ask for what they need. The asking, if you like, triggers God's response. So what I would say to you is the three Ps, persevering prayer prevails. What does it do? Persevering prayer prevails. And another thing that I've read this week is keep it simple, keep it real, and keep it up, which again fits in with the being persistent, right? Keep it simple. You don't have to use all flowery language. Make sure you're real about what you're asking and then keep it up. Okay, so next one, please. Prayer is an act of love. And I think some of us think, oh, prayer, you know, it's hard work. And in, in one sense, yes, it is hard work. All right, but it's, it is an act of love. Now, I've, 
This is not a definitive list on the screen. I'm sure that you can think of other things that we have prayed for as a church uh, over, over the year. I'm not going to read through it. You can sit there and read it yourselves. All right, but there is a, a nice picture there of mom and dad from um, their uh, uh, little uh, meal for dad's 94th birthday this week. So, again, thank you so much for your prayers for mom and dad. And Gwen has given me a note this morning. This is from Joan Harris, Trevor's wife. So at this point, I'm going to read this because it's relevant. We have shown our act of love towards Trevor and Joan over many years. And particularly in this last few months while Trevor has been so poorly. So this is what Joan says to you all. Just to say thank you all so much for your love and concern you've had for us, for the many prayers that have made, uh, that have been made while Trevor has been so ill. Those prayers have helped us and sustained us through many difficult days. But the church has been involved with us from the first. So the church, she means Bethel. Right, the church has been involved with us from the first time Trevor was ever invited to preach so many, many years ago. You have prayed, encouraged and supported us as we have served the Lord with SGA. Thank you. And then she adds at the bottom, may the Lord continue to bless the work he has given you to do. May you see many being reached with the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Love from Joan. So she's grateful for the act of love from our prayers over all of those years that we've known them. I'm deeply grateful for, and Howard and Carol and Colin and the rest of the family, we are so grateful to you for the prayers that you've offered on our family's behalf in the last, well, two years really, but particularly the last year with Dad, while things have been difficult, as, as Phil was saying in his prayer earlier. We do thank you for it. And I know that Dad and Mom are very grateful so, going on to the next slide, please, Sam. So, why pray? Well, we've already said that God is interested in a personal way. So, we need to pray on a personal level with him. In Psalm 55, verse 22, the word encourages us to cast, or if you like, throw our burden on the Lord. And in the verse, straight away, it tells us why. That's a good thing to do because it says that, the, that God will sustain us. Now, I'm sure that lots of us have known that experience in different circumstances in our life where we've been able to cast our care, our burden on the Lord and we found that he sustained us through that time, that difficult time. And the, the very famous verse in 1 Peter 5 verse 7, casting all your care upon him, why? Well, because he cares for you. That's why. Right? He's saying, Let, cast it on to me. Throw the burden in my direction because I care about it. You care about it. I care about it. I will act with compassion and grace. I will be with you as we work through together 
that situation that you're passing through. God wants to walk alongside us in that difficulty. Next one, please, Sam. Why pray? Well, we should not only be praying on a personal level, but as we've already seen, we pray to show that we love others, that we have a concern for others. In Colossians chapter 1, verses 9 and 10, it says this. For this reason, Paul says, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way. In this verse, it really struck me what Paul actually spent his time praying for in, for these people in particular at Colossae. His highest priority, now don't take this wrongly, his highest priority was not them getting well or even having food and clothing. I'm not saying it wasn't a priority. What I'm saying is it wasn't his highest priority. His highest priority was to see them grow in their faith and be able to live a life that was worthy of the Lord. Now, we all know how tough that is, don't we? We know how tough it is to live day by day and live in a way that we feel has been worthy of the Lord. This is why the prayer is so important because we all need that help to be able to live in a way that will please the Lord. And if we're not praying for each other, we're kind of letting each other down because we're not giving them the support. Paul wanted to give them this support and I'm sure that he prayed for all the other things on top, the ones that were poorly, the ones that were struggling with financial difficulties or whatever. But his highest priority was to see their faith develop and then the next slide please Sam and then in Ephesians chapter 6 again this is another verse that's really blessed me this year and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests with this in mind be alert and always keep praying for all the Lord's people notice the repetition there of the word all our prayers are prompted by the Holy Spirit as we sit and think and, and try to speak out what's on our heart. The Holy Spirit puts things on our hearts and we can pray on all occasions. doesn't matter where we are, what we're doing, all occasions. It's always appropriate to pray for someone else and for yourself, of course. But in particular, when we pray for others, when we pray for them, it's showing an act of love to them. It tells us all kinds of prayers. So they could be short, long, um, offered in a different place, in a different way. Kneeling, sitting, standing, arms in the air, whatever. Right? All kinds of prayers and requests. Listening to the prompting of the Holy Spirit as we pray. He will put people and situations on our heart and mind as we pray. And then it says, for all the Lord's people. Now, 
here, the Bible kind of carries a sense of all people belonging to God. For instance, in Psalm 24, verse 1, it says, The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. So all, in that sense, belong to God. All right? But I acknowledge the fact that Christians are, in a special way, the Lord's people. We sometimes refer to each other as the Lord's people, don't we? All right? We've been remembering this morning that we've all been bought with that price, that we all belong together as brothers and sisters. And so I would encourage you to save a special place of prayer in your hearts for us, your brothers and sisters here, to show them your love for them. Because in a very special way, they are God's people, the Lord's people. Right, okay, so next slide, please, Sam. So now I just want to spend just a little while before we finish thinking about what has God been trying to say to us then recently. Think about Mark's message last week. Think about what I felt God wanted you to, me to bring for you today. Last Sunday, Mark spoke on the Ephesians 3.20. What are your dreams? What are your visions? Have you, have you thought about it at all this week? Because that, I'm sure that's what Mark would have wanted when he brought that message last week. Have you thought about it? What, what is your dream or dreams? What, what vision do you think the Lord might be sharing with you? We're, as I said, we're at the start of a, almost at the start anyway, of a year. We've got a long year ahead of us. What would be your vision, your dream for this year? Have you talked about it at all with God this week? Now, as I said, when I started out this morning, these, these, the message I'm bringing today is based on what I've been learning about prayer in, over the last year and written into my journal. Um, and, and so I'm very, very conscious, really, as I stand here this morning, that although I've done all of that and I've prepared this message this morning, that I can't kind of stand here this morning and say, look, folks, you know, I've really got this together. I've got it all sorted. You come to me. I'll help you out. I don't want you to feel that, that at all because that's just not, not me. And, and if I came, so I haven't got my prayer life all together. And so I can't stand here and say to you, you, you know, you ought to get it sorted out. Why are you not, you know, why are you not measuring up? Because that, that would be unkind of me for a start and I'd be a real hypocrite into the bargain as well. So that's not, that's not the point. But having said that, there is a reason why we're, we're learning about this this morning. So what is it that God's saying to us? So first of all, as individuals, we, you, need to pray. We need to pray. And <laughs> I read this and it really sort of hit home. If you didn't speak to your partner or another family member for even one day, wouldn't you feel bad and wouldn't they suspect that something wasn't right in, in between you? So how long is it since you had a good conversation with God? 
If you say that you love him, shouldn't you be talking to him? So just just take that and say, well, yeah, if I didn't speak to such and such, they'd know that I was upset and I'm giving them a cold shoulder. Are you giving God the cold shoulder? If we love him, we we should be wanting to talk to him. All right, then secondly, all right, as a church, as a church, we do need to pray. I hope that the the answers to prayer that we put on the list, and I said it wasn't a definitive list, there are lots of other things that could have been included. We've had that encouragement from God over this last 12 months. It would be a huge encouragement to those of us who meet on a Thursday if more of you would join us on a Thursday. Now, again, I don't want you to feel that I'm sort of um, making you sit there and feel real uncomfortable about this because I know I've been in plenty of those services in in the past where you sit there and think, oh, truth, they're going on again. What, What I'm just saying is, look, folks, you don't even need to leave the comfort of your own home to join us on the Zoom prayer meeting. Um, And you don't have to join us every week either because I don't manage it every week. But try and make a bit of an effort because we should be praying together as a church and it's an ideal opportunity. As I say, even if you don't manage it all the time, Let's encourage one another by exercising those, you know, faith muscles and prayer muscles by saying, well, I'm going to try and do this in 2022. So we need to pray as an individual and we also need to pray as a church. And then finally, I think I'll just read down through these. Thoughts for reflection, please, Sam. This next slide should be, yeah. So first of all then, so I want you today to remember that, number one, God is personally interested in seeing and hearing you pray. Second one, what dreams and visions have you thought and prayed about this week in response to Mark's message last week? Number three, pray with passion and further and really share your true feelings with God that it, that about whatever it is that you're praying about don't just sort of toss out words that you think sound nice actually show him how you feel about it learn to be persistent with your praying next slide Sam Remember that prayer is an act of love. So pray for the ones that you love. And prayer allows us to share our burdens with God. And note this, others can help us with that too. That, that, that's a sharing thing. Another way of showing love, that we can share the burden with others. I so appreciate the fact that I've been able to share the burden of mom and dad with those of you who have prayed for us this year. Because it, it obviously for us, it has been a really difficult time. And fi- uh, finally, prayer will enable us to move forward as individuals and as a church in 2022. Remember what John Wesley 
John Wesley said, he said that he didn't feel that God, that, that nothing was achieved by believing prayer. And you could say, well, he ought to know. Because so much was achieved through the, his life and the prayers that were offered for his ministry at that time. So he knows what he's talking about. And then finally, um, the last uh, slide, uh, Sam, please. I'm going to leave this up after the, after the meeting. But this week, if you, if you use the U version on your um, phones or even your computers, um, that you may have been asked to start the 21-day challenge uh, in February. And they usually give a, a list of Bible plans that you can read for 21 days. Well, uh, I decided I, I I'm doing the challenge, and, I, and this one popped up. How to pray 21 days with Pete Gregg. And I thought, right, okay, well, I'm speaking on prayer this week. What would it be, it would be a good idea to have a look at that? And it's really blessed me this week. Keep it simple, keep it real, keep it up is what, one of the things that he says in that. Uh, so I'm going to issue a bit of a challenge. I know that all of you don't use the U version, so you can set your own challenge if you like. But those of you that do, there's just over 21 days left in February. So why not uh, actually read through this um, Bible plan? And it'll sort of encourage you some more, I hope, in your prayer life. So what we, Mark shared last week, what I've shared today, and then what you may learn from reading this day by day over the rest of February. I hope it blesses you and I hope that it will sort of transfer into a more, what shall I say, vibrant prayer life for you as an individual, first of all, because that's very important, but also as a prayer life for us as a church. So thank you everyone for listening and I hope that God will bless what we've said today. Amen. <laughs>